From the PSIA AASI Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. And today we're starting a series. Well, we're actually second into the series. We're going to be talking about building a client base with Brian Donovan. Brian, thank you very much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Now, Brian, you know, we started this with uh, Zoe Mavis and Pete Allison talking about can you make a living as an instructor? And one of the things that we, you know, talked about was actually being able to build that client base so that you're getting really your season kind of booked up with request privates. I mean, what do you think? I mean, golden question, you know, uh, we get that every year. People are looking to, how do I do this? How do I make this a career? How do I um, make it work in this industry? And, and, and it's exactly what you're talking about. It's finding a way to do this job well enough that people want to come and choose to stay and ride with you. And, and then you can fill up your winter with clients and you can start to get referral business. And, and that's 90% of trying to figure out how to do this is, is making sure that at the root level, you're just delivering lessons that people want to come back and get more of. And what is it that makes someone special to the point that someone wants to come back and learn from them and ask for them? To me, that's just the ultimate uh, compliment that an instructor can get. Yeah, I mean, when that lesson comes in, they can select any of the pros standing in front of them, right? And for them to pick you or to pick you multiple times or to come back and, and pick you over and over again, I agree. It's it's a compliment. It's the best compliment you can get. I, I think the uh, um, the thing that really flips the trigger for me is when uh, pros realize it's not about how much we know. Um, it's about figuring out what that person coming up to us needs and delivering that, you know, figuring out whatever problem they're having and they're skiing or riding, figuring out what might solve it, you know, digging deep and, and then coming up with what they need and making it about them, I think is where it flips that switch and it becomes, uh, that's something that they're going to be hooked on and they give them that experience. You know, and I, I, we were talking before we started recording and it came up that, you know, some people are double, triple, quadruple booked in the season. And I, that's amazing to me. I love it. And what I think is really special is when that person who's that popular is able to point their client to another instructor and say, you know what, you're going to get a great guest experience if you ski with Brian. Yeah. And, and uh, what we were talking about is, is I think that's one of the things where, again, it's, it's this point where you hit like the maturity in, in, in your being an instructor and you realize like, it's not about that person being with me right now. It's about me finding the right fit for that person right now. And, and you can do wonders for your own client retention by finding the person that's going to be perfect for them that day that you already booked. You know, you kind of figure out what they need from a technical standpoint, how their, what their personality is like, and you find a pro that kind of matches those things. They're going to have a great experience even though you aren't available. Um, and they're going to come back and they're going to either want to ski a ride with you or they're going to want your opinion again, and you're going to develop that relationship with them. And, and it's just the most um, selfless part of actually – um, helping to continue to build that group of clients that, that, you know, are hungry for what you have to share. And that's such an important part of our profession. And it's funny, I'll ask someone, you know, what do you do to build a client base? What's, what are the important steps? And usually people say, well, I, I give them my business card. And, and it's like, <laughs> yes, we want to have business cards. We, we do need to give them our contact information so they can get in touch with us. But Anybody can give a business card. What is it that makes you special? 
And I mean, Brian, you're, you are special because you can say, Hey, I'm on the divisional ed staff and you're one of, I'm, you're riding with one of the best of the best today, right? <laughs> yeah, I, yep. I, I, I don't typically start with that. That's not my sales <laughs> pitch. Um, but no, yeah. I mean the, the business card, you're absolutely correct. The business card method is, is a key piece because you want that person after the chaos of the day is over, you want them to remember exactly your name and, and how to get in touch with you and how to ask for you again. But, you know, I, I guess the model I think is if I stand there and, you know, I'm dead silent and I just extend an arm and have a business card out and hand it to you, what can be more awkward than that, you know, to finish off a, a potentially great day on snow? Um, it has to be that, like, uh, closing of what you just did, you know. One of the things I always talk about and again, it goes kind of counter to what we think when we first start teaching. But one of the things I talk about is the value of what we do is in how we set up our, our guests to practice without us. You know, like that nugget that I found that works for one of my students or somebody I was working with, you know, on a given day. If I can give them that, that way to identify when it was going well or when it wasn't going well, you know, give them that cue that that was it. You know, that sound, when it makes that sound or when you see that line in the snow, that's it. And then at the end of the day, we close our lesson. And I kind of give them, hey, so keep going to that trail. Keep going to that part of the mountain. Keep practicing that. Keep looking for that. Keep listening for that. You know, I'm giving the cues, and all of a sudden they're going to be out, and they're going to be making turns, and they're going to be able to kind of judge when it's going well. They're going to be able to kind of assess. And then when it does have that moment where it clicks, they're going to they're going to be able to identify it, and they're going to be like, holy crap, that's what Brian was talking about. And then all of a sudden the value of what I gave them maybe a week ago, a month ago, a year ago goes through the roof because – they put the piece together, they've identified it and they were they're right back into that moment. Um, and so, you know, to go back to your question, the business card is, is how they know our name. Uh, but how we kind of tie together the experience of the day, the little milestones that we, um, accomplished together, the little, uh, challenge that we overcame, the, the things that they need to keep working on to overcome those challenges, even if we didn't get over them today, um, giving them the ability to kind of self-assess and keep practicing. Um, that's going to be where, like I said, a year from now, they're going to do something and they're going to realize, holy crap, that guy knew what he was talking about. I need to go back and get more. And it's so counterintuitive to thinking that I always need to be the person giving the information, um, but I need to be able to give them the information to figure it out and to put the dots together themselves a little bit. Do you think this applies to every age lesson we teach? Because with kids, obviously, you've got to make that connection with the student, but you also have to make that connection with the parent. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I think about how many times you're working with instructors and you're teaching them how to, uh, you know, fill the parents in on what you actually cover during the lesson and not in a cheesy, corny way, uh, but in a way where it kind of reinforces to the kid, you know, hey, what were we working on? What is, when you want to make that stop, how do you lean? How do you, where do you put your feet? How do you kind of position your body? And they're doing it. And you're also kind of um, showing the parents what they worked on, but you can also kind of uh, give the parents a clue into that window. So it's that close of of the whole family you're you're kind of uh, wrapping the lesson up and you're cluing everybody in on the learning you know that happened and what needs to continue happening but you also reinforce in the the physical and the, and the experiences with the kid one of the biggest um shames i see is when a, a great instructor finishes a lesson with a kid and they stand there and they talk to the parents but they don't include the the kid and in, in part of the wrap-up of the lesson and kind of the closing um they were the they were the student. They were the most important part of your day. Um, and when you close it, make sure that they feel like they're being reinforced and they're part of that close and they're part of that showing off to the parents what they did. And, 
And it's just such an important piece to just not, again, not walk away and leave the cliffhanger at the end of the lesson, not that, that informal business card extended and then the instructor runs away to go to a lineup, but actually finishing the lesson and, and putting some closure to it. And how do we do that? I, you hear from a number of instructors that uh, I just, I, I don't want to, you know, sell myself. I don't want to make that hard sell to come back and take another lesson. And my feeling is we really aren't. I mean, if we teach a really great quality, fun lesson where people are learning and having a good time, they are going to want to come back. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to, you know, uh, some of the core values that, that whole safety, fun, and learning. Like, if those are present, um, you're probably starting off on, a, on the right page, right? If you're paying attention to the needs of the student, making sure you're not putting them in danger situation, not breaking their trust, you're probably starting out right. And then if you're um, having fun with them, I guarantee some learning is going to occur, you know? So, like, you kind of knock those out. But I think, like, the real way to tie it all together is, is – not thinking about the hard skills, but thinking about the connection that you formed, you know, genuinely thanking them for coming out and, and choosing to come out and slide on snow with you. Uh, it, it's such a, uh, a part that's so important. It's just thanking them, uh, you know, without guests wanting to come slide on snow and learn how to do it and do it more fun and do it in more creative ways. We wouldn't get to have these cool, fun jobs and get to share with people. And so, you know, thanking them for, for choosing your mountain, choosing you, choosing just to get out and be active is huge. Um, you know, then, uh, like I said, doing the, the dots, what do they need to continue working on? What are, what's your recommendation? What's your insider tip and, and your professional, like insider uh, piece that you're going to give them, Hey, go to this piece of train. It'll really help you work on this. You know, give them that. Um, what are you going to do without me to continue where we left off today? And, and then, um, just make sure they kind of have those abilities to identify as they're practicing. It's not just blindly practicing, you know, they're, they're identifying the things that you worked on, give them those cues. And, and, and like I said, invite them to return, you know, thank them for being there, but invite them to come back and, and kind of give them a milestone. Hey, after you work on this, if you kind of hit a snag, you know, I'm here. Here's that moment where I can make sure that you have my business card and you know <laughs> who to ask for on the phone. Um, but it's, it's when you get to this point and you kind of hit a snag, I'm here, I'm here on these days, I'm here every day, you know, um, that, that full-time instructor, that part-time instructor, whatever you're going to invite them to come back, and then also invite that, all, kind of open that door of, you know, and if I'm not here, I can definitely kind of coordinate who we can get you out with, so um, it's not that selfish motivation to invite them back, it's that um, invitation that you're taking care of them, and you're trying to meet their needs, and invite them back for that purpose, that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, I can't stress enough is, it's them. Everything we've been talking about the last couple of years, if you look at all the new models that we're coming out with, the student is at the middle. Like, they're the focal point. They're the most important part. It's not us. And, and all the things that we can provide is there to provide a good, like, experience for them. Now, just curious, a little off topic, but do you set a goal for a percentage of your lessons to be request privates in a season? Um, well... I, I've seen like hard goals with that being said, and I, I've seen uh, ski and ride schools that you know have models where if, if instructors aren't getting requests, they almost view it as the instructors aren't doing something right. You know, they're not um, providing quality, they're not um, selling themselves, they're not selling the next experience. Uh, I think a success is uh, seeing the people that you taught coming back to the mountain. 
um, whether they're coming back and, and skiing and riding with you, whether you just see them out on the mountain and you connect with them and you kind of catch them in the lift line. Um, one of the biggest successes I think I've ever had is that family that you see at the mountain that you taught maybe one of the kids and you kind of uh, see the family and you kind of just like connect back with them and you say, Hey, how's little Johnny doing? And mom and dad are so blown away that out of all the people you ski and ride with that you remember little Johnny's name and, and you kind of ask a couple questions and, and you kind of reconnect with them and they feel, they feel like they're not just tourists at the mountain, right? They feel like they had a, an experience that they probably enjoyed and that you had the, you, it's in your memory and it, it's fresh to you and it was meaningful to you. You know, it's one of the things when I talk to pros, we do hundreds of lessons, you know, a year. It's easy for us to, to blend them all together, but some of our guests, it's, that's their one, two, three times at the mountain. And, and so it's important to kind of put them in the shoes that that's their moment. That's their experience. That's the, this might be their vacation that you're kind of providing for them. And so always kind of being tied back into that. Um, I think it's huge. Go back to your question. I, I, I don't think uh, I can quantify if I'm successful by how many, how much percentage I have of, of uh, return business or requests. Now, as a trying to be a full-time instructor, sure. That, like you said, building out a client book and, and when you check in in the morning, knowing that you're booked with clients all day, um, that is a success from a standpoint of, you know, being able to make this a, a career. Uh, but again, I think just being able to connect with people and remember them and not just have them be a one-off for you uh, goes a long way to them potentially, you know, reigniting and coming back and seeing you. Yeah, it's so funny talking about name and business cards and I learned how to ski in 1976, little kid, and I still remember my instructor's name for that first time on skis, Bobby Gale. <laughs> and I, what did he do that made me remember his name? I can't tell yeah. you, but the guy was amazing. And seriously, from that time on, I was like, I really want to be a ski instructor. One of the, the biggest compliments I've had in my career was I had a a couple, a young couple, um, probably in their twenties, um, come up to the, you know, ski and ride desk. And, and, um, it was a day, I think I was uh, a supervisor and I was doing training or something. And I got a call on the radio and said, Hey, can you come to the snow sports desk? And I, I showed up and it was this couple and, and they said, Hey, um, one of the first dates we ever did, you know, you tossed the snowboard and we are now married and we have, uh, our first child. And we would love it if you would teach our child to snowboard because it's like this wow. memory that we have. Like it, it was on their part of their journey. And, you know, it was one of those moments where I was just blown away that um, this this couple who, you know, as they dated and got married, engaged and got married and had started a family, um, the fact that a snowboarding lesson that I gave them was meaningful enough that they were like bringing their child to do it was just you drop everything, right? That's that's the moment where you're you just feel it. And you feel like, holy crap, I, I was able to do something that, that means something to people. I gave them something that they're here for, and, and they want to continue. And uh, it, it's, it's probably the most vivid memory I have of my whole career of that couple just wanting to continue it down the road. And again, you know, I couldn't remember the details, the specifics of teaching them. But on their end, man, holy, it was the, the thing that they wanted to keep going with. And, and it's, that's the magic. That's, that's the stuff. Brian, I got to say, that is a really cool story. Yeah, it's like I said, it's it's probably one of the biggest motivators for, you know, when you're tired and you're out on the hill of just remind yourself that you have that ability to be impactful and have people just be totally hooked on what we do. 
Well, Brian, I don't think there's anything we can say that can top that. But is there anything you'd like to say in conclusion? Um, well, the tip I guess I would just give, you know, uh, something that I wish I had known earlier um, that I've learned from other pros and I've kind of seen just be magical is um, find whatever works for you. Um, the simplest thing I can say is, you know, have some type of notebook, have some type of electronic file, whatever it is, and take notes. You know, take notes on your clients. Um, talk about what were you doing? What was, you know, a cool game that you played? What train were you on? Uh, things you talked about. What what do they love? What are their hobbies? What do they love about their hobbies? What, you know, why is their family there? Take notes. And then as you kind of develop your clients and you start to see the same paces, um, you'll be able to kind of quickly get back in the moment. Uh, you know, if you look at your client list for the day uh, and you can, you have the ability to kind of sort through whatever, you know, file you have, um, it'll put you right back in the moment. It'll reconnect you with those clients and it'll make it really easy because again, if you have hundreds of people that you're interacting with, um, it's difficult to remember the, the specifics, but if you can remember those specifics, you're going to be that much more connected to the people you're skiing and riding with. And it's something I wish I knew earlier and knew how to do earlier, but um, find a system that works for you um, so that you can kind of uh, know exactly what you did with some clients and you can jump back to the moment. It'll make it more fun for you. It'll make it easier for you. Um, and it'll just help you connect better. Um, so that would be my takeaway to, you know, my magic, my magic beans that I'd, I hope I share with somebody and hope it works for you. Well, Brian Donovan, thank you so much for taking the time to share some very valuable information with us on First Chair. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, absolutely awesome topic. Brian Donovan joining us on First Chair from the Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.